0: welcome to legends from the hill the franciscan university alumni podcast where we talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now here in season two we are excited to be talking to alumni who currently work at the university in a variety of departments we look forward to hearing about what has changed and developed in their part of campus over the years and what has stayed the same through the test of time We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Today we are joined by Rhett Young. Rhett graduated in 1994 with a theology and philosophy degree. He has been back at the university for 12 years after a variety of different type of ministry. We are excited to hear more about Rhett and where he has been. Welcome, Rhett.
1: Thank you, Christy.
0: It's great to have you here. Thank you. Um, So I would love to go back. We want to get to what you're doing right now in the missionary outreach office, but I'd love to go from the beginning. Where are you from and how did you decide to study at Franciscan?
1: Sure. Um, So I would start by saying I converted to Catholicism uh, uh, after eighth grade uh, because of our teachings on the Eucharist and John six fifty four. 54. Um, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have everlasting life and I will raise him on the last day just really spoke to my heart and it's actually my scripture verse for life. Um, from there, I just developed a desire to want to learn more about the Catholic faith so I could share it with my friends and family. Um, So after uh, high school, I had an encounter with a priest who was affiliated with the university. He gave me his card and said, hey, if you're ever looking for a great Catholic university, call me. Hmm. So um, I was in my uh, first year of junior college studying to be a fireman Hmm. and um, realized that the philosophy teacher that uh, was teaching us was really anti-Catholic. And I was like, I really need to know my faith. Hmm. So it really catapulted me into this new phase of the direction of my life. And then I realized um, the Lord wanted me, there was a desire to put out fires, but they were going to be a little bit different. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: it's like being a fisher of men. That's right. but yeah. different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so then I, I picked up that card, and I called uh, uh, this priest, and then he directed me to the admissions office, and wow. then we started the process. Um, and of all people, who my admissions director was Tim Scanlon, uh, Father Michael Scanlon's nephew. Wow. And uh, he was in charge of the California area. So okay. I, I come from uh, Agora Hills in Southern California. And when I heard that the university was in Ohio, I'd never been to Ohio At that point, I'd left the state a number of times, but it's like leaving sunny California Mm -hmm. for Steubenville was uh, quite a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly very, very grateful that uh, the Lord gave me the grace to do it.
0: Yeah, that's a big leap, and you're not the only one who has done that California. There should be like a nice support group for you people. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So then you get here as a transfer student. Did you know what you wanted to study right away to put out those fires or where did that go?
1: So uh, it just seemed natural that I would uh, study theology and philosophy. And um, so that's what I did. Um, And that I mean, you at that time and I mean, we just have amazing professors. I I don't think there was a class that I had that I wasn't wowed every day Um, and just just soaking all of it up. Uh, and learning. And again, I was kind of like a sponge because I didn't go to Catholic school. Um, this was all new to me. Franciscan was the first Catholic school that I had attended. Mm-hmm. So I was soaking up the sacramental life, uh, our our way on campus, uh, mm-hmm. everything that the university had. Actually, I probably spent more time in the evenings having theology talks and an older gentleman uh, reached out to me and mentored me and said, hey, hey, bro, uh, you need to go to class. <laughs> um, it's great that you're at Catholic Disneyland, but um, you, you need to, like, make sure you stay here.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
1: we need to see more time in the library.
0: Wow. And
1: more time to study. Okay. Um, and less conversations uh, into the wee hours of the night. Right. Okay. So that was great advice.
0: Yeah. A little formation and yes. kick in the pants there. <laughs> totally. Wow. Okay, so what else were you getting involved in on campus as a student?
1: Yeah, so... Um, I had the pleasure of uh, joining a household uh, line of Judah. Oh, great! Um, that was probably one of the highlights of my time, uh, and also probably the more formative uh, area of my life outside of class. Um, I was involved with the pro-life club. Um, I served as a photographer for the Troubadour yearbook and Marcom. Hmm. Uh, which was fantastic because I went all over campus all week long taking Mm -hmm. photos of my friends and people I didn't know, departments I didn't know existed, professors, um, all kinds of events. I stayed here two summers and got involved with our conferences, which really was um, just amazing to see all the people uh, coming in the summer to receive formation. Uh, Back then we had what uh, I think many people nostalgically called the, the big tent, um and we had those uh, fire rallies and conferences with Father Mike and uh it was just beautiful.
0: Yeah, which is what most I feel like most people from California were coming because of Father Mike and the conference. So That's you right. definitely had a different route to yeah. get here.
1: Yeah. Let me share one um because I think it's important. Um so my freshman year, uh I actually was invited by David Speezing. Um, and his, at the time, um, fiance, um, to go to, um, my first March for life. Mm. And I remember, um, having seen, uh, on television, the March, uh, through the media's viewpoint. But I remember, um, driving into DC and seeing thousands, hundreds of thousands of people all over the place. And I just remember thinking to myself, this is unbelievable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't think that there was this many people that actually cared mm-hmm. about life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it just really marked my, um, I think my time at Franciscan mm-hmm. um, and my intensity to be pro-life. I think that moment uh, just encouraged me, especially like in our marriage, to be open to life mm-hmm. Um Especially, you know, Father Michael Scanlon, all the TORs, all the priests that were here as adjunct professors, every single week they would share uh, the teachings of the church with us. Um, They taught us about what it means to be pro-life. You know, in those days, um, Father Michael Scanlon would go out to the abortion clinics. Um, I remember one time distinctly um, him in a protest, and there was a Bronco that drove over him.
2: Mm.
1: And I remember thinking to myself, what courage
2: hmm.
1: like he is a man of his faith mm-hmm. and a man of his word. Mm-hmm. And it made such an impact on us as students. Mm. Um, and, you know, I look back at some of my friends and many of the alumni of the nineties um, and the eighties. And many of us, um, I think have very strong pro-life um, stances. We just have a strong conviction that, Mm -hmm. Because of the leadership that we saw. And I see that in Father Dave. I see that in the TORs that I work with every day. Um, It's something that we've never lost. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a hallmark of Franciscan University that um, it sometimes goes underrated because I think we're just known for being Mm pro-life. But the lived experience every day, every Mm -hmm. week. um, I think of the students that go every Saturday. They go to mass in the morning at 6 a.m. And then they at six thirty they drive to Pittsburgh to to pray, um, a very peaceful prayer. They pray the rosary. Uh, they're there to sidewalk counsel if that's necessary. Uh, but you know to to do that as a young college student mm-hmm. to give up that sacrifice of a Saturday mm-hmm. um, so early, especially for young adults. Oh, gosh,
2: very. It,
1: it's just so convicting and and just so encouraging. I'm just so encouraged by our young people here at Franciscan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is so impressionable to see other people, too, that you can you're not doing it alone. And yes. I think a lot of times our students or we come from an experience of I was by myself and doing this alone. And oh, wow. Now there's a community of people that feel the same way that I do and yeah. support that. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: It's beautiful that we've been able to carry on those traditions for so many years.
0: Right. Right. And continue to impact the culture, the world, ourselves. Yeah. Did you know what you wanted to do after you studied after? or Yeah. How did you kind of go from there where life has taken you? Yeah,
1: sure. So um, I should probably start that. Um, I met my wife at Franciscan. Okay. And so we started, uh, I met her at orientation first day. Wow. And I told my best friend that came with me from California, um, I am going to go on a date with that young lady before we graduate. <laughs> and he was like, Dude, she is so out of your league. Ah. Um, I'm like, I know. But, hey, we're at Franciscan. <laughs> so um, she ended up dating many of my friends for the first three years oh, wow. of uh, my time at the university. And then it was senior year. Um, and d- due to a few different circumstances, she was available. <laughs> and so um, I I put myself out there, and we started dating. And then uh, six months later, we were uh, married.
2: Whoa, yeah. married.
1: Yeah, married. Oh, it was quick.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we would, I would say our courtship started freshman year.
2: Right. And
1: so we spent a lot of time together. Um, well, we did double dates with other men that she, you okay. know, was fond of. Wow. So um, it was a good, good way to kind of have, uh, get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Cause you really get to see um, the real side of a person when uh, they're dating somebody else.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's unique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you met your wife. Yeah.
1: So we started off. uh, I went to um, my junior summer before my senior year. I went to World Youth Day in '93 in Denver, Hmm. and I remember when John Paul II uh, he was in Cherry Street, uh, Cherry Creek State Park, and he raised the host, and there was hundreds of thousands of people there, but it felt like I was the only one Hmm. in the audience, and I just remember the hearing the Lord very vividly speak to me saying, I want you to be a missionary for my church.
2: Hmm.
1: And uh, it was after that, that my vocation to serve the church was defined for me. Hmm. Um, and um, Tasha and I ended up uh, going to Denver after we graduated hmm. and we were a youth minister confirmation, married couple team,
2: oh, cool.
1: which is very unique back then. But uh, Denver was exploding with youth ministry after, uh, John Paul II had uh, mm-hmm. had youth day there, and a number of alumni uh, were coming to Denver, and it really became this beautiful community. Um, so started there. Uh, the Lord then took me to uh, teaching religion, and then after that, uh, went to school to become a principal and was uh, okay. an elementary school principal for a Catholic uh, school for ten years.
2: Okay,
1: and then from there went to um, a mega parish. Uh, in Southern California, back in my hometown. Hmm. Uh, 7,000 families, and I was the faith and family director uh, for the Archdiocese uh, of Los Angeles there at St. Pascal's, hmm. um, Beautiful, beautiful community, wonderful work. But um, as we started having more children, uh, at that time we had eight children, and it became clear that uh, affording California was going to be a little bit challenging. Hmm. So we started looking for different places to do mission work And um, Franciscan uh, position of missionary outreach opened up, and so I applied. And um, uh, here I am today.
0: Wow. Okay. That's like a perfectly planned path from (laughs) one thing to the next. That's amazing. And so I know the missionary outreach office has taken on different forms and images throughout the years and has really been developing under your leadership recently. Can you give us kind of an idea of where it's been and where you're taking it?
1: Sure, yes. Um, well, Father Stan Holland is the founder of the Missionary Outreach Office, an amazing TOR um, who his missionary heart sent the university everywhere. Um, and he is the founder of most of the missions. Hmm. Um, and then when he was transferred, um, Father Larry Ullman, TOR, uh, came in his place. Okay. And then um, after Father uh, Larry... Uh, transitioned uh, back to the community in Loretto, uh, they were looking for someone, a layperson who had uh, ministry experience as well as administrative experience. Mm. And so that's when um, uh, David Smeezing, uh, at the time, the VP of Student Life, um, and I had a conversation. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, I think there was 60 people that um, applied. Mm. So it was kind of a, a I would say, a competitive mm-hmm. um, position. And I, I really didn't think that um, I had a chance. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I said, well, Lord, I'll just put this in your hands. Right. And then uh, I was called for the final interview and then uh, was called for to accept the position. Wow. And so it was a beautiful day. It was actually on uh, St. Joseph the Worker. Okay. And we, as a family, prayed the night before. Uh, and I just knew that, After that prayer, we were in adoration, and it was very clear again that the Lord said, "Uh, you're going to find out tomorrow you're going to get a call from Mm. Franciscan. He didn't give me, like, it was going to be a yes or no. He's Mm -hmm. like, you're going to get a call tomorrow. And sure enough, on St. Joseph the Worker uh, feast day, uh, we received the call and the invitation to serve here at Franciscan.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah, it's
1: so so beautiful. St. Joseph has been very instrumental in our life as a family. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. So from California back to Ohio, Yes, (laughs) make that move.
1: Yeah. You know, and I had asked my pastor at the time for uh, advice on this. And he said, Rhett, this is the perfect position for you. You already know where you're going. You love Franciscan. You already know Steubenville and you love the city. Hmm. He's like, the transition is going to be super easy for your family. He's Mm -hmm. like, I don't see why you would say no. Hmm. It was really great advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we came here again we um I felt it was important I uh, serving in the city that we live in the city okay, and so we looked at one house hmm. and again, this is where Saint Joseph comes into play, like that one house um it didn't look that great uh it it didn't smell that great um, I thought my wife was going to be like, "There is no way we are going to live here
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the realtor is like, okay, well, after thirty minutes, she's like, "Do you want to move on?" And Tasha's like, "No, no, no let's stay. Let's look at all the bedrooms and take mm-hmm. a tape measure out and start sizing them out for the girls' room and the boys' mm-hmm. room." And I'm like, "Really?" I, I just thought it was a no go. Yeah. Um, and she said she felt at peace. Huh. We later purchased that house and found out that it was the first bishop of Steubenville's retirement home. Oh
2: my gosh! And that
1: our Lord, there was three chapels in that house. Where our Lord resided. Wow! There was a group of Franciscan sisters uh, that lived there for like 50 years, another group of brothers and priests that lived there for another 50. The house is like 120 years old, by wow. the way. And then uh, Bishop uh, Musio was, uh, lived there, I think, the last three years of his life.
0: Oh my gosh. So
1: she felt like once we learned that history, that it was the Lord that, yeah. that led us there, and she felt that peace because of his presence.
0: Wow. That's amazing. So it's downtown?
1: Uh, it's on Lawson Ave. Oh, last So we get to see downtown.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah. My gosh. And was the rest of the transition good for the family? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, my son's, uh, my oldest was uh, just about to finish high school. Okay. So he had, uh, he was just about to enter college. Hmm. So he started here at Franciscan, uh, which was just such a joy and just such a gift. Hmm. Awesome. He also met his wife here, too.
0: Family tradition. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right. So, what tell us about the Missionary Outreach Office now? And uh, what are some of the monumental parts that the students participate in and, you know, that are involved in that?
1: Sure. Um, So, uh, Missionary Outreach has evolved in the last 25 years to um, a department that oversees um, 20 mission trips worldwide. We have sent ministries where we do 34 retreats uh, locally a year. Um, about 300 students are involved with missions. Mm. About 200 students in sent, and then we have a Works of Mercy program that goes out every week to uh, 15 local ministries. And we have about 150 students that go out every week oh uh, to serve the local community. Wow! So it's it really probably one fourth of the campus uh, to one third of the campus is involved. Um, all year long in mm-hmm. some area of missionary outreach serving others. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautiful to see.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that those students come back with quite the stories and experiences that yes. are shaping them. Being at Franciscan is a very unique and formative time, but I'm sure being a part of that is incredibly formative for them.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, some examples I wanted to share. Um, one in particular, one of our students um, came back. Uh, she went to Belize her freshman year. She was a nursing major, and um, she realized <clears throat> when she came back that that probably wasn't the major that where the Lord was calling her, and she just came alive uh, teaching students in high school about chastity, and um, she ended up changing her major, um, and the four years that she stayed with us here at Franciscan, it really kind of pivoted her vocation towards uh, serving high school students. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I see we We do evals for all of our missionaries uh, at the end of a mission. we want to hear, you know the how it uh, moved their hearts, like what um what the Lord did in their life. And mm-hmm. they always say the mission changed my life mm-hmm. at the last question of the evaluation. And I think I always tell students, I think the reason for that is that it's the one week or three weeks that they actually Set aside time to just be with the Lord and to be selfless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where that true freedom comes, that John Paul II would always share, that true freedom comes from giving of ourselves. When students taste and see that, especially in our busy world today, they put their phones away Mm -hmm. and they're just totally present to the moment. Mm -hmm. God can just really work Mm -hmm. and really share his heart's desire for them. Mm -hmm. And then they are able to listen to him. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I can attest to that after just being in Ecuador with the students Yes, that, I mean, I was, I was edified, but also like shocked and in awe of the dedication to prayer that they had during it. So it's like the day is full serving the children at the school, um, at the home. But then on top of that, It's like hours of prayer that these students, our students, are setting aside and being really present. They were not on their phones. They were just engaged with each other in conversation and with prayer. And it was really, really impressive to see young people doing that.
1: Yes. As you know, um, we recently uh, started the personal vocation office. And so there's a a greater focus in my work um, to highlight personal vocation in the students' activities so that there's uh, some touch points for everything they do, whether it's doing a retreat with SENT, whether it's going to serve um, at the abortion clinic on Saturdays, um, or going on a mission trip. Uh, How is the Lord stirring your heart? And I think Mm -hmm. giving students the time to reflect on those type of questions, it really helps them, especially when they're at a four-year university and they're making decisions about their future. Mm -hmm. Are they in the right major. Mm-hmm. Um, is this what they want to do when they after graduation? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it, I'm really grateful for Father Dave uh, and my supervisor, David Smeezing, for just the emphasis of personal vocation. Um, we always have had a culture of personal vocation, I, hear, I feel like Franciscan, but now it's like um, on steroids.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, to really focus <laughs> on that so that they're making good choices and discernment and following where God is leading them. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, let's move on to our hot takes from the hill here. Uh, Quick answers to take us back to your student experience. So, Rhett, who was your favorite professor?
1: Yeah. So this is going to be a priest that many, uh, between 90 and 99, would have had exposure to. But Father Anthony Mastroni um, taught Christian moral principles. Okay. And I tell you, that class um, rocked my world um it really helped form me and shape me in my thinking um i I, I think like growing up in southern california i really needed um to be cleansed Hmm. of what i was taught early on in the culture and um, Father Anthony was there all the time after class. I would go to his office, ask him questions uh, about the lesson. Uh, after, he always would be open to meeting with us as students. Um, I remember distinctly one time he invited me over for dinner, and uh, we had pasta. He's an Italian man, mm-hmm. so he's like, we're going to have pasta. and It was great, and over dinner— just asking him more questions about mm. the faith and how do you share this with others and what does this actually mean and how is the lived experience, mm-hmm. you know, it's such formative moments that, you know, I think today, I mean, our faculty and staff, so many of them are open to our students to help them mm-hmm. like walk this journey as a young adult mm-hmm. to see what it's going to look like when they graduate and the world they're going into and how do you actually actively evangelize in mm-hmm. today's culture.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So beautiful. Uh, So, and then uh, my favorite uh, class. Yeah. was that the next question? Yeah.
0: Favorite class.
1: Favorite class. So hands down, I had amazing classes, loved all my professors, but I took an elective class. It was titled Spirituality of St. Francis and St. Clair. Oh, cool. And Father Dan Petit. Uh, T.O.R., and Sister Mary Ann Kessler, T.O.R., okay. uh, very young in both of their vocations at the time. Hmm. Uh, they co-taught the the class, and they part of the class in learning the spirituality of Francis and St. Clair was you had to take an active role in the community and do some type of um, act of service. Hmm. So I was a Eucharistic minister, so I decided to go downtown to Martha Manor, uh, which is a convalescent home has about 12 residents, Hmm. and out of the 12, there was eight Catholics Hmm. um, that were um, homebound. So I would go every Sunday and um, bring them Jesus and hear their story.
2: Cool.
1: And it was through that that I fell in love with the city and its people. Yeah. And I think that that, going back to what brought us back to Steubenville, Hmm. I think I've always had a heart for Steubenville, Mm -hmm. and it was because of those experiences with the people Mm -hmm. and bringing Jesus to them.
0: Wow. That's really cool. A unique class experience. Yeah. Great. Uh, Where was your favorite place to study as a student?
1: Okay, so this is going to be a little bit. uh, Those that know me uh, will know why this spot is important. (laughs) Um, But uh, definitely St. John Paul the Great Library. Good. Now, there's a spot upstairs where uh, students... Uh, even to this day where you can pick to study and people usually will put their backpack there or their books, Yeah. but you get a visual of everybody coming in.
0: So like kind of looking over. Yeah. Looking over
1: mm -hmm. the balcony there. Right. And um, because it took so long for me to catch the eye of my spouse, (laughs) I was always waiting for her to come to the library because I knew that's where I'd find her. Oh my gosh. So it was very strategic. Um, and I would, I'd like to say that 90% of it was study time, Mm -hmm. but it was probably 50, 50, (laughs) you know, steady and, um, waiting for Tasha.
0: Social and waiting. (laughs) Did she know to come up and find you there?
1: Well, she would, she was very kind. She'd always like, she would see me. She would say hello. She was always very nice and very sweet. Um, and, uh, so she had probably no idea that my heart was falling Uh for her at the time. Yeah. Great. Until I would let her know.
0: <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. Very good. What was your favorite campus activity as a student?
1: I would say, uh, intramurals hmm. with uh, Line of Judah. Um, we, we played all sports and we had like a competitive team and then we had the non competitive. Um, and uh, it was just such a great way to bond with the guys mm-hmm. and uh, and, and also just the competitive spirit. We didn't have a big sports program like we do today. Mm -hmm. So that was really all we had. So Mm -hmm. it was very competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just that competitive nature was um, really exhilarating uh, to go out with men and uh, you know, we made a big deal of it. Everybody showed up. It was, Mm -hmm. it was great brotherhood.
0: Yeah, that's fun. Great. And finally, you've been coast to coast and international all over the place. Have you ever (laughs) run into an alum in an unexpected place?
1: Okay, this question is kind of interesting because I, I thought about it for a long time and I've run into um alum almost everywhere I go. <laughs> um so I had to choose one. Okay. And I thought this is not an unexpected place, but I I feel like anywhere I go to mass,
2: yeah.
1: Um I always run into an alum. Mm-hmm. Um and so like especially when you go to a daily mass, mm-hmm. uh you you run into alumni mm-hmm. almost everywhere.
2: Right.
1: So uh, one day um I was at mass Um, And I had been returning to my hometown and uh, a gentleman came up to me after mass and he's like, Hey Rhett, do you remember me? And this young man, famous
0: question. Do you remember me?
1: And I remember um, he was on the pilgrimage that we went to see John Paul II Mm. in 93 in Denver. Oh my
0: Gosh.
1: Now the story gets even better. Um, He said to me, you know, remember like you could not stop talking about Franciscan. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I, because you said so many great things about it, I, I decided to go there myself.
2: Aww. And
1: I had not seen this gentleman in like 15 years. Wow. And so he had come to the university and graduated, hmm. had all very similar experiences with household, uh, great friendships, um, and just had the full Franciscan hmm. uh, experience. Yeah. And he just came up to me to say thank you. Oh. And, you know, like sometimes this happens, I think, in most of our lives. Yeah. You're just sharing from the heart and you don't realize maybe what the Lord's doing with your sharing Mm -hmm. that imprints a memory on that person Mm -hmm. and this young man ended up coming to franciscan and i had no idea i was just sharing from my heart like i love franciscan i love my brothers and household such a great place i love the faculty and staff (laughs) um you know i just couldn't say enough good things about franciscan university and um and it's beautiful that the Lord uses those moments. Right. And and people are so moved because he was also from California. He made the trek.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's one that you actually know about. I yes. mean, how many other people have you impacted or, you know, that you don't even know about? So sure. that's a gift from from God to show you. Like, wow, yeah. look at that.
1: Well, hopefully we'll all get to see them in heaven. Right, right. All those little experiences.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, Brett, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everything that you're doing to help form our students and walk with them on their journey and their uh, personal vocation quest. So thank thank you for everything.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.